Let's give the praise team another hand, please. My goodness. We want to thank them for their um, willingness to lift their voices and leading us uh, in times of worship and praise. And again, just reflecting on the words uh, to that last song, there's no other name and he's worthy of his name, Jesus. That's a mighty, mighty powerful name. Um, I know people uh, who have names similar to Jesus, but not the same. Uh, no Jesus, uh, but n no Jesus. Uh, because again, there is no name that's as sweet as his. And so I want to thank them uh, for leading us. They have done a wonderful job all morning long. And for those of y'all that just came to this service, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, they led in worship and in praise uh, with the same amount of sincerity in the first service uh, that they did just then. So again, my hearts and, and words of thanks and appreciation to them, uh, I definitely want to extend. Uh, want to bring you greetings from the Cross Baptist Church, and I want to say thanks for you all having us here this morning. Um, I'm always elated and humbled uh, to have a chance to be with Pastor Lake. Uh, who, if you don't know that you have a great pastor, allow me to be the first to tell you, uh, you have a great man, uh, a sincere man uh, as your leader, and I, I want you not to ever forget that. Uh, certainly, if you've been in his presence, you know that what you see is what you get. Um, and this church is blessed richly by his leadership, uh, by his servanthood, and uh, again, we want to say thanks to him, uh, as well as to the many leaders that make up this church family, South Springs, uh, for this invitation of being here this morning. I don't take this for granted, uh, but I do know again that uh, this clarion call that we are making this morning, uh, there are many that could have stood where I'm standing. Uh, but by the grace of God, I'm here, and for that reason, uh, I just want to tell God thank you. Uh, I also want to, again, say hello and, and thanks to the Leg family, Sister Leg, and uh, the entire family for welcoming us here this morning. Uh, my family is, uh, they are making preparations at this very moment for our uh, worship service. I share it with the first service here. Uh, we hinted at shifting our worship time uh, to 11 and to 10, uh, and the resounding silence uh, that we received was a great reminder to me that 12 o'clock is still their preferred worship time. Uh, and so I took a good hint, uh, and so immediately after uh, this message, we'll, we'll end in prayer and then we'll bid you adieu as we head across town uh, for our noon worship. Uh, but again, we, we definitely want you to know that we're elated to be here. Pastor Leg is accurate when he said that he, he gave free reigns to the book of Nehemiah. Um, I shared uh, before, and I'll say again, that I learned a valuable lesson from my kids. This morning I spoke about my son, uh, whom uh, cut into some cake uh, 
Uh, he had modeling in front of him, his sister, who before uh, had cut into some cornbread uh, that my wife made. And both of them mimicked the same behaviors of one another. And that was without guidance, uh, they simply just cut their pieces right out of the middle. Uh, and so I'm just going to jump right in Nehemiah. Uh, <laughs> So go with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. You'll find uh, the same or similar version here on the screen, but I'm going to look at chapter 4 of Nehemiah. Um, we'll look at a few verses in our prayers that you'll give us some preaching room to allow us to uh, build our case for this message this morning. Uh, I'm going to look at verse 13, and um, thank you. You got the scoreboard running in th three hours. Thank you. Okay. And so we're we, uh, going to look at verse 13 out of chapter 4, and then we will uh, go right into the preach word. Uh, verse 13, you'll find these words are similarly recorded. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders, verse 18, wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. May God add a blessing to the reading and to the hearers. Thereof. I simply want to use as a preaching thought, and you can help me this morning if you'll repeat it real loud. Just say this. Say, I am a leader. Say it again. I am a leader. Now, as a form of me knowing that you're in the room, I'm going to ask for you to repeat that about four more times uh, throughout this message, and then we will bid you adieu. There is a, a noted composer by the name of Sir Colin Davis has a rich history, uh, actually did not come into fame 
as a notable musician or conductor until he was in his 70s. He had a roundabout life that carried him through various detours along the way, but eventually the world became familiar with the music abilities of Sir Colin Davis. He's noted for one particular quote that I found uh, key for this message where he said, the roads to success and the roads to failure are often the same. He also was noted for uh, a quote where one day uh, he basically said, if I can do it, you can do it. What the backdrop of that quote was is as he was directing the orchestra, uh, there was a portion in the music where he needed the symbolist, the person that played the cymbals, to really play it real loud. And he did not play it loud, and it frustrated Sir Colin Davis to the extent that he left the podium, put his baton down, walked off the stage, and it confused the orchestra. What they did not know is that he was leaving uh, from the front, walked out of this uh, symphony hall, walked to the back stage, came from behind, picked up the cymbals, and while they were there talking to those that were on their left and to their right, he took the cymbals, smashed them as loud as he possibly could, and it startled them. When they looked back, he had a sheepless grin on his face, and he looked at them and said, if I can do it, you can do it. During this pandemic, I became a master chef. <laughs> Learned that there are a lot of recipes that are very similar. You can take some of the basic ingredients and you can actually make pie crust. Did you know that? change a few things, add and take away a few, and you can also make biscuits. You can change a few things up, add and take away, and you can have cookies. Just a few changes here and there, and before you know it, you got whatever you're looking for. The amazing thing in life, there's only a few things that makes us leaders. You add a few things, you take away a few things, and before you know it, you'll discover that there's leaders in all of us. When I look at this message of Nehemiah, and we know Nehemiah as being the one that built the wall, Nehemiah had no history of being a wall builder. He did not go to wall building university. He was simply a man, just like many of us in this room today. Yet thousands of years later, after Nehemiah closed his eyes to open them no more, we still talk about Nehemiah and the impact that he made on a nation that was exposed. When I look at this message, I want to be able to give you at least a sermon in one sentence. And it's been stated uh, 
throughout the years that every good message ought to be able to be summed up in one sentence. And I don't know why that's the case because I prepare for much more than one sentence. Uh, but my hope is that as you walk out, if this was like a, a meal and you were eating and you had some left over and you wanted to have a takeout or carry out, uh, a sermon in one sentence or your carry out meal or message would be the evidence of our readiness to lead can be seen. The evidence can be out of sight, but it should not be out of sight. The evidence of our leadership as a man and as a woman, it should be seen. That's what evidence is. You should be able to go to specific places that will let you know you're qualified to be a leader. About seven or eight minutes ago, you all joined me in concert and you said, I am a leader. I pray that this message will not cause for you to become shy in stating that, but rather with a resounding sound in the room to be able to walk out of here regardless of what your role is. And that you'll be able to say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am a leader. I'm going to create a word this morning just because I couldn't think of a better one. We often biblify. <laughs> that, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> that's pretty good. You can quote me on that. We often biblify characters out of the scripture. And we forget basic things. That these are real men and real women that deal with the same or similar issues that you and I often deal with. When we see Nehemiah as being a man that built the wall, we have to keep in mind at the moment that Nehemiah introduces himself to us as being the son of Hildad in chapter 1, verse 1, he was merely a cup bearer. You know what that is, right? Before the king would drink out of his cup, for fear that someone was trying to poison the king, he had someone to sample his drink, hence the cupbearer. Now, if the drink was okay, the cupbearer had a job for the ne next day. <laughs> However, if he drank something and it was intended for the king to kill him, well, the cupbearer's tenure was over. <laughs> but nowhere on his resume did he have experience as a wall builder. He was merely a cupbearer. Many of us have conversations with ourselves, and I want you to understand when we're talking about leadership, I'm not simply, I'm not only talking about from a secular sense, 
where you may lead your business, you may lead your company, you may lead your team. I'm talking about from a realistic standpoint that in this room, if I were to ask for you to raise your hands, we have some husbands in this room. We have mothers in this room. We have fathers in this room. We have mothers, wives in this room. And the reality is the moment that you became a parent, you became a leader. None of us could dismiss the presence of the qualities that we see Nehemiah possesses. And my hope is that we can build our case for you to be able to see that there may be something in you that you've ignored that actually qualifies you to be a leader. You may have come to church this morning with no intent of walking out uh, knowing anything about leadership or better yet, implementing some of the truths about leadership. But I would encourage you not to disqualify yourself, but to be willing to say, here I am. Lord, send me. Repeat it real loud. Say, I am a leader. First thing that I think this text shows is we'll have to track back to chapter one. If you'll uh, kindly travel with us to chapter one, verse one through four. Nehemiah shows us one of the basic things about a leader is that leaders care for the suffering. And when I looked at this, I thought, wow, I am a leader. I care for people and I care for suffering people. Here's the scoop on this text. Uh, Hananiah, who happened to be uh, Nehemiah's brother, came to visit him. Nehemiah asked, how are all of the exiles doing? Those that are back in Jerusalem, how are they doing? Since they've survived Babylonian captivity and they survived the exile, how are they doing? And his brother told him, long story short, and he said, they're in a messed up way. The gates and the wall has been burned, it's been destroyed. Ultimately, what that means is they are vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Uh, they're not safe under any terms. They're in a messed up condition. Nehemiah, the cupbearer, sitting in the palace, sitting in comfort, was troubled because those that he loved we're in a messed up situation. And I don't know if you've ever felt like I felt when there's been people that I loved are in a messed up situation. What Nehemiah did is something that I've done in some instances. Nehemiah, after he received word of their conditions, verse 4, chapter 1, tells us that Nehemiah, when he heard those things, it took him to a lower spot. He sat down and he cried. Have you ever been there? 
where the conditions of those that you care about is much worse than you ever desired for them to experience. Some parent may have felt that way about your child. Uh, it may be some sibling that may have felt that way about your sibling. You may have worked along some beside someone and you felt like that. But when you really care about people, sometimes it will bring you to your knees and make you cry. Nehemiah's situation was there. My parents always told me uh, that kids, when they leave your knees, they get on your heart. I didn't understand that then uh, when I had my firstborn, but now that I'm three kids deep into the young clan, many gray hairs afterwards, I understand that your concern for those that you care about often will cause for you to do things that only leaders do. I know I'm the only person in the room that feels this way, but I don't mind being transparent uh, this morning. There are some mornings when I am supposed to go to work that I don't want to go <laughs> to work. But as the provider, as the leader of my home, I also know that my kids like some of the niceties of life. For instance, they like laying down knowing there's a roof over their head. They like to go uh, to the refrigerator and see that it's food in the refrigerator. So leading sometimes requires you to do what you don't necessarily desire to do, but because you care for others to make you do some things that you really, really did not want to do. If you're in the room and you can look over your life and you can think about those that you care about and you can see how you sometimes uh, grieve at their conditions and you want to do something about it, that may be an innate way that God is allowing for you to see you're a leader. I've seen it extended beyond our immediate family. I've seen individuals look across the street and see some young man or some young lady that needs mentoring, that needs modeling in front of them. I've seen people do it at work where they've partnered with people that were struggling, maybe struggling with a marriage, maybe struggling with just a change of life, but because they cared about the person so much that their leadership kicked in. Nehemiah shows us before we ever build a wall, we have to first care about people. Your greatness that people may soon know you by starts with how much do you care? It does not matter how many, here's the thing. There are some churches that their claim to fame is they have hundreds of ministries. It doesn't matter if you have one million ministries if you don't care about people. All you have are a bunch of ministries. And as individuals, it starts with us. 
as leaders, all of us in the room should be able to look beyond ourselves and say, I care for people, the suffering. Nehemiah shows us something else in verse 11. Here's the second thing. Say it real loud. Say, I am a leader. He shows us this in verse 11. And when I saw it, it made me think, man, I'm a leader because not only do I care for the suffering, but I am committed to serving. I'm committed to serving. Yet when I look at verse 11, it makes good sense because Nehemiah made sure before he started serving that he talked to God about it. He prayed. Being a leader is not for the faint in heart. And it does not matter what capacity you lead in. Leading will require us leaning on the Lord. He bathed his desire in prayer. And I would encourage every father, every mother, every husband, every wife to make sure as a leader that you have a healthy prayer life. Because it will take prayer to lead people. Look at what Nehemiah says. He says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant, look at this, success. The road to success and the road to failure are often the same. Here's the difference. Success just requires you to go a little bit further. Nehemiah was positioned in Susa. The wall was in Jerusalem. The distance that separated the two locations was about 765 miles. Leadership will require you to go much further if you want to experience success. I know you're sitting thinking, well, maybe he rode a plane. No, there were no jets, there were no helicopters, there were no Toyotas, Cadillacs, or Chevys. But that did not hinder him from wanting to serve. He understood the distance. He understood the dilemma that he would be riding into town as this newcomer or this city boy that's coming back home to build up the city. He understood the dilemma. But his care for the suffering, as well as his commitment to serving, made him check in with God through prayer. And say, Lord, I need you to bless this work. I need you to give me success. These are the words of Nehemiah. 
When you look at chapter two, and I pray that you'll, you'll do this text much more justice than I'm doing this morning. In chapter two, you'll see that there was uh, a time period where Nehemiah went and assessed the wall. He went to Jerusalem. He actually covered the distance because of his desire to serve. He, he went the distance. He assessed the wall, saw that it was in some bad ways. In, in chapter 2, verse 11, uh, he went out at night. He looked at it. Um, he was by himself. The text tells us in verse 12, there were no mounts except for him. No one was there with him. Leadership sometimes can be lonely. Let the church say amen. But it's not as lonely as it has to be if you have God with you. So he rode, he assessed, he saw the troubles of that city. Verse 17, he invites others in as he's sharing with them what he's seen. And he was not intimidated by what he saw, but rather he shows us a quality about serving. Sometimes some conversations cannot be held until it's the right time. I'll press pause, rewind and play that one again. Sometimes some conversations cannot be held until it's the right time. And Nehemiah understood, now's the time to share with these that I'm needing to serve alongside me. Now's the time for me to share with them the plan. And he tells them in verse 17 and 18, look, Jerusalem is in ruins. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't try to cover it up and say, well, it's not bad. Not as bad as it could be. No, it is messed up. But I have a plan. And his plan was very clear. His, his plan was laid out. He said, come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And we will no longer be in disgrace. And verse 18 says, and he also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said. It's important for us as we're serving not to forget God's hand. And what you can't handle when you're serving, how many of us know that God can handle it? A few years ago as our church started there were moments that we were literally without an idea as to where we would worship. But God had ordained the work for our church family to do. I discovered that my home church back home who celebrated, I think, about their 120th year anniversary started off very similar. They had brush arbors where they worshiped under brush. 
The men would assemble them on Sunday mornings, go before church. And after they assembled it, they put on their nice overalls for worship service, their nice shirts. And each week, they did it all over again. When, when you're serving, sometimes you have no idea of how you will end up. But you know, as long as you have God's hand on you through the process. As a leader, your focus is on the hand of God. And not only in what he hands you. Here's the beauty of this text. In spite of what the wall looked like, Nehemiah's focus was on let us rebuild. There's a third thing this text shows us. When I think about leading and I think about myself as a leader and I think about all of us in this room, uh, repeat this with me. Say, I am a leader. When I looked at the text and I thought, man, I, I care for the suffering. I, I am committed to serving. There's another thing. Nehemiah shows us in chapter 2, verse 19, I am conditioned to my opposition's schemes. Let me simplify that. I know as I go forward that I will face resistance. Just by the laws of nature, if you're not facing resistance in something, you may not be going anywhere. As we move forward, we face opposition. <clears throat> and here is Nehemiah's awareness that he had opposition. There was a presence in chapter 2, verse 19, of individuals named Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, who were not celebrating the news that Nehemiah was going to rebuild the wall. They weren't posting it on Facebook. Let's give a shout out. Rather, they were blasting Nehemiah's desire. Some of you all in this room, you have survived your critics. You've outlived some of the outcries by people that question your desires to move forward. Success and failure, those roads are often similar, but you decided to go just a little bit further. And someone may have taken the easy route. And because you kept going, they questioned you. They criticized you. They ridiculed you. But what they did not know is that you're a leader. You said it three times. I am a leader. And so even after today, when you face resistance, when you face the faces of those that will outwardly oppose your decisions to do something great. Don't cower. Don't give in. 
I'm going to tell you how we used to say it back in Arkansas. Hold your head up and stick your chest out. And say it with a loud voice. I am a leader. Listen, some father may have faced criticism by a family member. And I'm just trying to see how we can apply this to our lives where you can see there are similarities. You may have decided to do something a little bit different than everyone else around you. Some father decided to go home and be with his family while all the friends, all the buddies wanted to just go out for a few minutes. Some mother has faced something similar. Some pastor, some leader has faced something similar. Do you know what makes you different as a leader than someone who's not a leader? And I shared this, this quote with the first group, and it won't be fair if I don't share it with you all. And this is profound, so if you're a note taker, you want to write this one down. Leaders lead. And that's if you want to quote it in Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N. Leaders lead. You don't always see things the same way that everyone else sees it. Here's the thing. Think about it. Everyone in the city knew that the wall was in ruins. Hananiah, Nehemiah's brother that rode 765 miles to see his brother, knew that the wall was in ruins. Nehemiah, when he got to the city and was assessing it, certainly people saw him looking at it and they realized, yeah, our wall is in ruins. But no one said a thing. No one did a thing except for Nehemiah being willing to talk about it and to address it and to be inclusive in his plan by saying, I can't build this wall by myself. I first have to convince these that are with me that this wall is in ruins. And he said, let us rebuild the wall. But he had naysayers, he had critics, he had opposition, yet he faced that and he made sure that they kept doing a great work. I say this and I'll keep it moving. We have to make sure that we do not allow the schemes, the tricks, the conversations, the devices, the plans and ploys of our opposition to deter us from doing a great work. Last point and we'll bid you adieu. Say this real loud. Say, I am a leader. When I read this text, and I looked at Nehemiah chapter 4, we read the majority of these in your hearing earlier. Chapter 4, verse 13, when you look through that again, you'll discover that Nehemiah said in multiple times, I. He said, I station in verse 13. Verse 14, I looked, I stood, I said, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. He said in verse 19, I said 
to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people that this work is great. Understand, my friends, as a leader, I realize that I am convinced of God's power. And not just his power, his sustaining power. There was a gentleman one particular day was trying to work. He was a janitor. He was working in an office building that he had responsibilities for. And the vacuum cleaner would not work. He dissembled the vacuum cleaner, uh, began to take parts off. Then he'd clean them up, put them back on, and he would try to push the little button on top to start the vacuum cleaner, and it would not start. He tried again, same thing. There was an older gentleman there that was also on his crew, looked at how his colleague, his boss, was trying uh, to get the vacuum cleaner to work, to clean up so he could do uh, his task. And eventually the older gentleman said, in order for it to work, it has to be plugged in. The vacuum cleaner not plugged in has no power. But when you know of God's power, not just his power, his sustaining power, when you plug in to the source, you can do some great things. And I don't care how you take yourself apart and put yourself back together again. If you're not plugged in, you have no power to do the work. Nehemiah knew of God's power, God's power to fight for them, God's power to sustain them. And as a leader, when I look over um, my little journey of a life, I looked at this text, just like many of you all, and I can say, you know what? As a leader, I am convinced of God's power. Only God could keep us through 51 and 52 weeks of worshiping virtually as a church, dis scattered but not disconnected, apart from each other but not apart from each other, and still come out saying God has power. Only God could keep some of us in the room that went through the terrible tides of Miss Corona and fight for our lives and can stand and say, in spite of everything I have gone through, I'm still convinced that God has power. Nehemiah knew the same God that we know. And the same God that sustained him sustains us. I am a leader. You are a leader. We are leaders. Let us pray. Lord, if every Christian 
was just like me, what would the church be? If every Christian was just like me, what would the world be? Search our hearts and allow us to be doers of your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Young, for your faithful presentation of God's word. Uh, now is the time that we're going to move in the service to a, a point, an opportunity of invitation. Uh, and I urge you, I urge you not to just check out in this room or to turn off online, uh, but there is a reason why we do this and do this every Sunday. Um, it's not just because it's the proper way to end a worship service or that's what the guide says, but really it's because we have an expectation uh, that we know that God's word goes out and does not return within void. And so we know that um, God's word has been presented this morning and that the Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, and that he is the only one who's able to do what only he can, which is transform our lives. And so this is a time that we actually invite you um, to pause, to take some moments, and to see what is the Holy Spirit uh, inviting you this morning to do. Um, maybe it is that uh, this is a time that uh, you may see and realize that this call, this clarion call from God to have faith that he has offered and he has given that maybe you yourself have never actually fully trusted. And maybe this is the first time uh, that you realize you need to do so. And if that's the case, may today be the day of salvation. Maybe this is an invitation that you realize, like, I have been called. I am a leader. Um, and maybe I need to confess the ways that I'm not doing it right. Or maybe you need to respond to God with thankfulness and say, Lord, even despite me, thank you that you were able to use me as a leader in many ways. Or maybe this is the time that you realize you don't want to walk um, this leadership journey alone uh, and you, you're looking for a church body and maybe you've gone through the Welcome Home team or are curious more about that um, and you either want to learn about that or make your membership known. This is the time to do that as well. But whatever it is, I'm going to invite you all to stand, but you can, again, ignore that if you need to kneel, if you need to come forward, if you need to find somebody else and, uh, and encourage them or pray with them. Whatever posture you need to take to respond uh, to the Holy Spirit's leading, I invite you to do so now. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new 
life is born, Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So as we conclude our time together, let's close with these words. Go now knowing that the sovereign God goes with you. Go now knowing that heaven's love is on your side to urge us onward, to lift us heavenward, and to strengthen us inward. So wherever you go, serve and enrich his kingdom with joy and thanksgiving in your hearts this day and forever. So in the name of the Holy Father and of the perfect Son and of the pure Spirit, we say amen and amen. Thank you all for joining us for worship.